So excited to have my next guest on the show. Marlon Marachi came on the podcast. He's a 24-year veteran, retired police sergeant with over 12 years of police misconduct investigation, adjudication, and examination experience. Now, I know when cops hear the words internal affairs, they cringe. But Marlon does a great job on explaining how important IAD or internal affairs divisions are to every organization. You do not want to miss this episode. Marlon Marachi, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Patrick here, host and creator of the top-ranked CJ Evolution Podcast. Top-ranked because of you, the listener and supporter. Thank you so much for your continued support over the years. I appreciate it. And if you're new to the show, welcome if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Please share this show and other shows with your friends and family. A big shout out to you, the criminal justice professional, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, thank you for doing it. Very difficult environment, folks. It's an understatement, but you go out there every day and you give 150%. Remember this, you are honored, cherished, and above all, you are loved. Thank you for what you do. Come home safe. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. A big thanks to Jimmy Keefe, an amazing individual working in the Shatterproof program down in Deerfield Beach. If you are struggling, you do not have to do it alone. You are never alone. Please reach out to FHE Health and the Shatterproof program. You can contact me, 303-960-9819, or contact 844-650-1399. That's 844-650-1399. It's time to get you the treatment that you need and deserve. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am very excited to have this next gentleman on my show, Marlon Marachi. He is a retired police sergeant, LAPD, many years. He is doing great things now. He's an expert in so many areas, but he's giving back to the Leo community like we all should. Marlon, thank you for being on, sir. Fitz, thanks, brother. <laughs> yeah, we were me. just joking around, right? It was... <laughs> You call me Fitz, man. That, that that is so cool because that was my nickname in, in law enforcement. There we go. Military. There we go, man. Thanks for having me. I oh, totally man. Anytime. It, man. I'm so anytime, happy. Anytime, brother. I always get excited when there's another Leo. We're both retired. We both did a lot of years. You work for LAPD. I can't even imagine the fucking stories that you have. <laughs> Jesus. You were just telling me one. But tell, tell the listener 
brother, a little bit about you and what you're doing right now. You know, 24 years have gone by in a flash, brother. Oh, you know, it happens so quick. I'm a sergeant back in 2007. So I had about nine years a police officer with patrol experience. And, you know, we can talk about a whole bunch of war stories and, you know, yeah. and what happens out in the field, you know, when you're responding to radio calls or, you know, doing traffic stops and all that good stuff. But I got to tell you, man, once I became sergeant, I really had an impact. You know, I felt very relevant because at that type of role, you know, as a supervisor, you really get a chance to really impact young officers. Absolutely. You get to lead, you know, and, and, you know, develop your leadership skills. Yeah. And so for me, Somehow, some way, my 15 years as a sergeant, I got myself involved in police discipline. For whatever reason, I just, I, I like, that's that same. And I just like, I like people's dirty laundry, brother. When I was in the <laughs> Navy, believe it or not, check this out. So I'm taking you back to 1994 in the Navy. I was chalking and chaining planes in an aircraft carrier. Somehow, some way, I ended up being a legalman. And we actually had a trial team come on board this little, rinky dink tin can carrier old as hell and we were in a, a conference room probably not even as big as this room dude we had about seven uh, uh special court marshals unbelievable so i bring that up to say that that's 1994 so fast forward you know 20 plus years later you know here i am with all this discipline you know yeah. for whatever reason i really got myself involved uh, yeah. in misconduct so um, i do um, have an expertise when it comes to peace officers bill of rights so anything and everything that's related to alleged misconduct where internal affairs says, hey, man, you know what? We got to face you. We got to interview you. We got to compel you. And so I done both sides. I actually defended cops and prepped them for these interviews, whatever that misconduct may be. And I've worked internal affairs. I did a tour there for almost five years. And not only did I do a tour in internal affairs just to investigate, I actually went to a unit called the advocate section. What that unit is is number one, to my understanding, and I haven't met a person yet or an entity yet, we're the only agency in the entire nation that has a border rights hearing process. And here's what that means. What that means is that in any other agency, you get brought up on some serious allegations. I'm talking like false, mm -hmm. false statements, misleading statements, sure. you know, you get arrested for like, you know, any criminal offense, you know, your job is on the line, man. So those allegations, guess what? You're going to go to the chief's office and she's going to look at you and say, hey, man, you know, <laughs> you're a good dude. No, but guess what? I got to fire you. And so now you got to go through civil service commission to get your job back. Well, Heal it. yeah. in the Los Angeles police department's whole different story. What the chief says is, look, check this out. I'm going to send you, to, I'm going to direct you to go to this border rights hearing. Three panel members two command staff officers and a civilian or three civilian uh, panel members, right? And you're going to go through a little bit of a mini trial. It's going to be like a civil trial. You're going to have opening arguments, case in chief. You're going to uh, bring in testimony, examine evidence, introduce evidence. You know what? We're going to rest. Defense puts on their case. Closing arguments. We're going to deliberate and find out to see if you're going to be guilty or not guilty. If you're guilty, guess what? Now we're going to go to the penalty phase, and now we're going to recommend you know, the type of penalty that we render to be fair. Well, anyways, mm -hmm. that whole, and the chief is saying, guess what? I'm recommending removal, but I'm going to let this border rights here in the sure. process kind of determine what's going to happen. But here's the kicker, the policy. This is what, you know, the charter oh, is what it says. Yeah. It says, look, I can only, as a chief of police, I can only reduce the penalty. I just can't up it, you know? So if the board, for whatever reason, decides to give 
just suspension. Max days is 65 day suspension. Guess what, man? Even if the chief wanted to fire you, he can't. He can't. He can't. Yeah. And so that's what my world uh, in police has been more of an internal. Uh, it's been very um, uh, aware of what happens when an officer faces these types of misconduct yeah. and this alleged, you know, uh, well, discipline I, field. Yeah. And I, and I've done uh, a little bit of internal investigations, not to the degree you have, you know, IA stuff, but I got to ask you, Marlon, I mean, being on that side, because I think it's needed. Every department needs to police their own. Um, I think we all can, well, at least most of us can agree with that. You and I can agree with that because there are some bad cops out there that shouldn't be cops, but how did, how was that? How did you get treated? I mean, I know that's a, obvious question but for the listener i mean how did you get treated inside if you, you're part of ied and so you know i'm a rat people call you the rat squad and all kinds of other shit um and i remember getting treated differently when i was heading up ied investigations of course my department isn't lapd it's not a huge organization or wasn't but how did you get treated when you were doing that oh bro i'm the devil dude oh of you course know? you're, in the, no, dark side. you're the devil you're fucking ia you know yeah. we don't want to, nothing to do with you you know you're out to get us and and that's always been the case but see here's the deal when it comes to serious misconduct i can tell you from experience right the department is way more forgiving when things happen on duty because think about it fits if you have a board of rights of two command staff officers and a civilian if you choose that, right? Well, they're going to be captains, commanders, and deputy chiefs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, on the average, you're going to have like, I don't know, 30 or 40 plus years of experience. Yeah. Dude, they've seen it and done they've it They've seen all. it. <laughs> exactly, bro. They've seen it. So they're hearing shit. They're like, <laughs> okay. What the fuck, bro? I, I, I did that shit when I was a fucking, you know, B cop. Come on, bro. That's a P2. <laughs> so when they're hearing all this, they're like, and, and, and here, here's a kicker. Check this out. A lot of my border rights, and I've done like 30 plus of these bad boys, right? A lot of times when we conclude and I'm picking up all the, uh, you know, all the paperwork and I'm putting the boxes, they're looking at me going, hey, Marlon, did anybody think about fucking settling this? Because, yeah. dude, we spent three or four days listening to a whole bunch of just crap. And I started realizing that, you know what? Unless it's, and, and here's the deal, it's preponderance of the evidence, sure. right? Preponderance is what it is. So it's got to be 51% for you to be found guilty. I got to tell you, man, when it comes to false statements and some serious allegations, dude, these board members, they're cranking that bad boy up to like yeah. 80%. So in other words, you need to be department IA. Check this out. You better be extremely sure that what you're alleging against this officer is true. Is it better be, you know, like an iron it better clad. not be my word against his word. Yeah. You better have some really good evidence. Yeah. Because here's the deal. That's his livelihood. You're talking about him getting terminated. He's going to lose everything. everything, you know, pension, everything. And so for me, in my experience, anything that happens off duty, I always say this, the department is pretty forgiving. It's the off duty conduct that is, I mean, the scope, bro, just really. What do you, what do you say? I mean, I, maybe this is a too broad of a question, Mario, but I'll, oh, you've did it for a long time. Oh, what? What's the common thing, you know, when it comes to police misconduct? Is it excessive force? Is it fucking around off duty with prostitutes, drugs, whatever? What, 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 what is, what did you see a lot of when you were an IED? Well, I, you name it, man. So, um, I mean, I'm sure excessive force. People, I mean, yeah, you're, you know, yeah, well, not only that, it's, uh, domestic violence type yeah, DV. of issues. Hey, dude, okay. you know what? Shit happens at home, you know, and police respond. That, that's not good. No. But here's the problem. 
no board member wants to hear what happens in your bedroom, bro. They really don't, True. you True. know, because then the question is, is that, all right, well, are we really thinking or actually examining all this evidence to say that he's fit to be a real good cop when he's got some fucking problems at home, whether it be drinking or he's beating up his, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, it's just, it's very uncomfortable to be talking about, you know, what happens in your personal life. But what I see the most, believe it or not, is the false statements that happen sometimes on duty, bro. Uh, Cops, you know, and again, I'm taking you back, you know, seven, eight years. I'm taking you pre-body worn video. Yeah. You know, uh, I did have, and, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later, is I did have a couple of OISs, officer involved shootings, where I rolled out to. Out of the hundreds that I rolled out to, there has been two where <laughs> the partner and the shooting officer were just, Bro, it, it, they were very, very inconsistent. I'm talking like one saying that, dude, I'm in Kentucky. And the other one saying, what are you talking about? I'm fucking first in LA right here in fucking Los Angeles, California. And you got hit, man. They cut a face sheet and you're facing a false. Yeah. Very, very unusual. But what I see the most, yes, I've seen a lot of use of forces, you know, where, but those type haven't really... To me, you know what? It's like battle of the experts, right? The department is going to bring in an expert and say, hey, man, you know, tell me sure. what you did that day. And he's going to say, okay, did you get some policy? Yes, I do. Well, the defense is going to say, they're going to bring another expert saying, no, you know what, what they did, they didn't do. So it's up to the board to figure that out. Those are kind of common, but more than anything, uh, is this, you got to work your ass off to get to a board of rights. How about if I put it that way? Yeah. And it's got to be off duty. Yeah. So this thing about being on the dark side, you know, you're the devil, you know, Hey, a lot of times, bro, it's not the department that's doing it to you. <laughs> it's you. Yeah. It's, I was going to say it's, it's you, it's you, dude. You fucked up. Exactly. You, you fucked know, up and you know what? Sometimes they don't own it. You know, well, that's what I was going to say is, yeah, you they know, just don't own it. I mean, you can prep someone and I was a defense trip. That's the other thing I need to mention also is that I worked on the other side of the defense trip. So I have prepped and defended officers for any type of misconduct. I've done some appeals for some minor type. You're of, a lawyer too. People don't, you're, yeah, you went, just to, you went to law, law school. Yeah. I just uh, took the bar a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see what happens. Thank awesome. you, man. I appreciate it. I well, you appreciate gotta, it but, yeah. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the other thing is, is that as a defense rep, we used to be um, in a unit called officer rep section. That was like our secondary duty. Our primary duty was to roll out to all these major critical incidences, what we call categorical uses of forces. OIS is being the most popular. Why? Because OIS has happened way more often. So we get there. The attorney is in, you know, in charge of the shooting officer to prep them. They're going to get it compelled. We're going to watch body-worn video and prep for the interview. Me, as a rep, I have to do everybody else, percipient witnesses, people who heard, saw only the sergeant that arrived at scene, uh, you know, whether uh, the PSS, right, the public safety statement, because we compel, hey, sure. we want to know. Eyes are investigating. They cast a wide net and tell me, okay, Marlon, we're going to interview these officers, five officers, six officers. You got to watch Bob Romero on prep. So all that experience, um, you know, I can tell you that for the most part, especially in OISs, officers really do what they were supposed to do. But here's the problem, Fitz. And this is why it's so important that we have these platforms mm -hmm. is because our department has by policy, and it happened, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. I think it's three or four years ago. By policy, you have to have a 72-hour community briefing is what they call it, right? Yeah. What that means is that within 72 hours, media in LAPD has to put out 
sort of press release. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of not. It's not even like a press release. It's like um, the captain, the commanding officer. They're going to tell you, "Hey, listen, this is what happened. These are the officers. There is body worn video, but guess what? It's under investigation. Investigation. Yeah. Uh, You know, you know, we're going to do all that. Give them something. Exactly. You got to give them something, which is fine. I think that's great. No, I think it is good too. Because but if you don't give them is, anything, then they, then, then the right. rumors and, and shit start flying. Right. And I think it took a domino effect because I think a lot of agencies are doing it. I know Phoenix is doing it. And so are there agencies where, hey, you know what? Within 72 hours, we got to give the public something. But here's the problem. What they don't know is what the process is like. So seven to eight months from that day, right, of, of the uh, OIS, there's going to be a full presentation to a five-panel member, which is called the Use of Force Review Board. The captain and the lead IO, the lead investigator from IA, they're going to do a full-blown presentation. And in that presentation, you're going to get judged. You're going to be scrutinized and judged on three categories. The first one is drawn and exhibiting. So the department's going to say, okay, did you, when you drew and exhibit your firearm, uh, did you believe that it led to uh, serious bodily harm? Did that escalate to that situation where, you know what, you really feel like, hey, shit's about to go down? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, guess what? It's in policy. If the answer is no, okay. We'll deal with that later. The second category is the one that always gets scrutinized, no matter what department you're in, is tactics. And you know this. Yeah. Tactics, the application of tactics. And I'm talking about everything that you did from the moment that you responded and turned on your body worn video all the way until you get a code four, you know, suspect in custody mm-hmm. and you're done. In other words, I doesn't care after a code four. We care about everything and anything that you led to that actual case uh, engagement. I mean, yeah, as you know, yeah. exactly. I'm not Every, trying to pick on Ivaldi, those guys or exactly. anything. Exactly. But... Ebal is a perfect example. All that stuff that you did, every single little move, what the department says is that, look, you have substantial deviation from department policy, tactics, and procedures without justification. The department is saying, look, you can justify. I'm sorry. You can deviate all you want, even if it's substantially. You but can you deviate from what you were taught. But explain. the question is, can you fucking justify it? Exactly. And if you can't justify what you did, then guess what, brother? We're going to have to jam you up. Yeah, We're jamming you up and it'll be an administrative disapproval and then we'll determine discipline. And last but not least, as you know, it's uh, the use of deadly force. Of course, it's got to be imminent, uh, immediate defense of life to the point where you're saving the life of another or yourself. And you know what? You got to engage and you get to go. And normally yeah. in an OIS, that's always going to be in policy for the sure. most part. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, do, now, Marlon, do, do, do boots or academy, you know, Cadets, yeah. whatever you call them. I think you call them what boots. No, yeah, no. boots, man. Boots. P1s. <laughs> <laughs> now, do do you or members of IED go in? Do they get a block of anything like this when they're in the academy? Great question. They don't. Why? And I'm setting that up. I know why? that's what I said, bro. I mean, you don't have to I'm give away the why. farm tactics or you know, interview shit like that, but you should they should get a block of this or maybe a couple of some hours. awareness. Yeah, some, some awareness, awareness right? To it. Bro, check this out. Day one or day two, everybody comes in and they try to sell them all kinds of organizations. Hey, you got to do this. You got to do that. And for whatever reason, they have like 548 learning domains and they're, they have by post certification. I mean, I'm joking around. I'm being, you know, but they have to, they have to meet the post record. Right. So for me to get in there and say, Hey man, give me a, just give me a 30 minute block so I can really educate, right. To make you aware especially misconduct. That's like huge. Right. And oh, um, luckily yeah. my captain that I just worked for when I retired, he came from training division. He told me, you know what, you can get a block in because what they're starting to do now is these Academy uh, graduates, they have to come back 18 months later 
and they have to go through a one day refresher course and to, you know, to say, okay, what, how has it been? And he goes, and that's what you hit them. Uh, with a uh, with a block that you can talk about, you I know, think it's your, critical. Your experience, and you know what? I'm I'm uh, luckily my buddy uh, that I used to work for runs the uh, the program, and he says, "Hey, Marlon, dude, come see me in November. We can yeah, do the that's first that's class. critical. I mean, I I think I mean we do it with I, I don't know if I'm sure I don't know if LAPD does it. I know we've started doing it in Colorado mental health block. They've incorporated it into post. I mean, not yeah, a have huge... you guys gone to uh, M hit? No. Okay, the mental health intervention training course, the forty hour course uh, that it, it it's be come uh, post-certified okay we'll talk afterwards hit me yeah. up you know yeah i will while. hit you up because i mean lapd i mean you guys are the standard because everything from you know when it, it start usually originates in lapd and then kind of filters its way across you know, to like you colorado know you're, you're right now what? i i was oh, go, go ahead. ahead go ahead yeah right. i was saying that you know what to that point and maybe i interjected too soon but it is a brand um super proud of being an lapd alumni and it used to be 24 years ago where, you know what, every, let me give you an example, a thousand applicants a month we used to have. Holy And crap. they only took the best 5%. Out of the best 5%, they took the best 10%. So out of the 10%, they only took the best 5%. So literally you're talking about maybe five or six. Well, then it's still after. a gamble because they still have to get through. Right. right. FTO but, and all this other stuff. Of course. But the point is, is that that was back then, 25 years ago. Today, <laughs> I bet you barely even, don't quote me on the numbers, but I know you're barely even getting three, 400 a month. Maybe if that. Yeah. I was going to ask so, you about that. I, what, what I, what I say that is that a lot of people back then, whether you were from Wyoming or just got out of the, you're a Marine, you're like, you know what? I want to go to LA, man. Cause LAPD is the best. Mm-hmm. We are the best. We do set the standard. Uh, you know, one of our core values is that quality of continuous improvement. Sure. And I really truly believe that we do set the standard. Case in point, I'll give you an example. In 2015, this one body worn video just came out. And I believe here in California, Rialto was the first agency that actually had the pilot program with, a, uh, with uh, Axon. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they set their policy and procedures as to, you know, the do's and don'ts and all that good stuff. Oakland was up next. Problem was, is that people were a little apprehensive with their policy in terms of, you're not going to be able to watch the video before you write a report. You're not going to be able sure. to watch a video if there's alleged misconduct, just yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So that wasn't like the fall of 2015. The state, I believe Congress in the state pretty much said, look, come 2016, Everybody in California, all agencies have to have a policy. So what they did is they waited for LEPD. They waited for LEPD to come out with their policy because now you can grandfather yourself into that particular policy. Yep. So I only bring that up to say that we we pretty much set the standard with a you, lot you, you, of training. You, you do. Now, what, what's full strength for LAPD? What's full, full strength? strength should be at 9,800, definitely north of 9,700. 9,800. I think at one point we had 10,000. And what do you, what do you, what do you guys at today? Oh God. It's gotta be South of 94, maybe 94, well, 9,500. That's still not too bad. I was talking to an agency here in, in the Phoenix area, uh, about a month ago, they're down 300, 300 yeah. cops. No. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Now, that's a lot, man. What are, what's the, I mean, I know it's a dumb question. I'm going to ask you, what's the mood? What's, what's the mood with, LAPD. I know you've been out of it for a little bit now, but you still get, you're still connected. 
still got your finger on the pulse. What's yep. morale like? I know that's a dumb question because morale seems like it sucks everywhere. It does. It does. I, I got to tell you that it just sucks being a cop, man. Like yeah. we were talking about earlier, yeah. I, the challenge of today's police officer to go through what they go through compared to what you and I went through. It's like night and day, man. Yeah. I was going to say it's, you it's know, night. it's completely night and day. You are so scrutinized. Uh, you are so under the scope by anything that you do, even if you do the right thing, yeah. you're still being uh, scrutinized. And so uh, certainly the uh, politics didn't help. Uh, the defunding that campaign didn't help whatsoever. Um, I, I'm a true believer, you know, <laughs> that we're always trying to improve, uh, you know, de-escalation. You guys got to have de-escalation policy. Well, you know, I've been doing, we've been doing de-escalation. Yeah, we've been doing de-escalation for, it cracks me up. <laughs> some of these people, they don't think we're, we're trained. We're, we're trained all the time. We're constantly training. And yes. I don't know any cop out there. Well, maybe, maybe you do Marlon that wouldn't rather talk their way out of some situation. Exactly. And then use force. I can use force if I have to, but I'd rather exactly. talk somebody into a pair of handcuffs than, <laughs> than, than use force. But I was up north uh, uh, visiting uh, Savage Training. I met with Scott. Oh, Scott. Uh, Scott's and, average. You know, good guy. Yeah, Scott's a good dude. Really Scott good guy. And, uh, and Dan. Yeah. Scott and Dan, and they were teaching de-escalation. And then we were having lunch. I'm like, hey, bro, you remember back in our days? They used to call it ATD. Yeah, ask, goes, tell. ATD. ask <laughs> tell and do, brother. And he's like... It was ATM for me. Ask, tell, ask, tell, take. Yeah. Um, ask, yeah. And, and I said, and I said, yep. So now you know, it's here please. I am. Yeah. Please. Hey, sir, turn please. around and put your hands behind your head. <laughs> you know what? No, fuck you. Okay. You know what? I'm telling you, put your hands behind your head. No, you. fuck you. you. Okay, great. And guess what? It's on now. You know? Well, you saw that. Now video. you have to deescalate. Well you, well, you saw that video that New York cop is getting you know, that big fight, I think in New York city was in, in the subway and stuff, Yeah, you know, yeah. and we can go down that rabbit hole, but yeah, yeah, but you're, you're retired now. Yes. And you're doing, tell, tell us what you're doing right now. Cause you do, I know what you're doing, but, but tell the listener what you're doing right now. I'm going to launch a podcast uh, pretty soon. Uh, and it's going to, it's called details, the breakdown. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down officer involved shootings OIS is I'm going to do it both in English and Spanish that is and my, awesome and my concept and my you know my vision was more along the lines that we just don't really get informed what the cops go through look I'm not going to tell I'm not passing judgment this already happened it's a tragedy nobody wins nobody wins when no. you get involved in an OIS no one including the community all the stakeholders however you need to know, or I'm going to tell you, hey, this is what cops were thinking and this is what they were doing. Whether it's right, wrong, or ugly, that's just the way it is, you yeah. know? And so helping to educate and make awareness, and more than anything, uh, I got to be more honest with you, is that our Latino community, I really honestly feel that our Latin communities, you got people here in, I mean, come on, Los Angeles, Phoenix, you know, they don't even speak any English. Yeah. You know, and they don't know. They don't know what cops go through and they don't know what cops did. You know, all they see is just this horrible, tragic shooting. And, you know, and then they pass judgment, which is fine. I, you know, I'm not here to change uh, what you think or what you feel, but at the very least that I can do for you is give you an understanding of this well, process. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, I mean, when you and I were, were young cops, I mean, they didn't have body worn cameras. They didn't have cell phones to the degree where they have now, Yeah. where it is, I think that's one of the disadvantages of social media 
I believe in social media. I use it as you do you, but you see a OIS or some use of force by some cop. It's on social media. And then people are not seeing what led up to that or a different angle of that. Correct. I always tell people, you know, especially young cops, look, I mean, how many or the public too, you're watching an NFL game. All right. How many camera angles do you get on the receiver? Did he have two feet in? Did they have one foot in? I mean, you get yeah. angles from all over the fucking place. Cops yes. don't have that luxury. No, they don't have that luxury, especially in the split second. decision. So you when you that. have one view, you know this, I'm preaching to the choir, but for the listener, when you have that one view of a body worn camera right here, what you're getting is right here. You're not getting over there. You're not no. getting over here. So you just got to, to your point, Marlon, you got to keep your mind open. And I think a lot of times, as you know, people rush to judgment and say, well, you know, the officer's guilty. Well, right. Most, how many shootings happen every day in this country? Yeah. I think at one point we had close to a hundred, 90 plus. And how many shootings are though, those are, are cleared by, it was justified. Probably the vast majority of them. For the most part. Yes. And then you get that small percentage, no cop. Um, after this, I'm done with my rant. No cop gets Marlon doesn't get up in the morning and kisses his wife or spouse or whoever goodbye and says, I'm going to go out and shoot somebody and put exactly. everything on the line. Come on. Not only that. And you know what? And you bring up a really good point. You know, when I when I do launch all this and I think it's worthy, right, to tell, you know, the audience that, look, yeah. I'm no expert in this and I haven't been involved been in through all it. This. You got the and you know what? I went 24 years without getting involved in OIS. And you know what? Thank God I have it. Because anybody that actually goes through it, you have no clue. No. Which brings me to my other point. Once I start breaking these down, what I'm also going to do is I'm going to invite, luckily I have access to the officers that were involved in an OIS to come sit down with us. And you know what? Let's do it, brother. Tell me your story. Yeah. I think that's going to be very, very impactful. It was very impactful, very therapeutic for for the officers involved. And you, to your point, I mean, it's, yeah, this is where I get irritated with like TV and the movies, you know, I mean, they glamorize all this shit because that's what sells. I get it. But it's just like, they have no idea what people, any, not just to know IS, but, but any kind of critical incident where an officer has to use force. Yeah. People and people have no idea. No. And you know what? We call it categorical uses of forces, OIS being the most popular, but yeah. you also have Leary, L-E-R-I, which is your law enforcement related injury. Well, what mm-hmm. does that mean? What that means is that if you get into a use of force, and that suspect arrestee ends up hospitalized. It's a call out. Uh, yeah. Then you have your in custody deaths, right? That we can talk about as well. And last but not least is dog shootings. Dog shootings at one point we rolled out. I don't know if they're going to keep an internal, but for the most part, we roll out the dog shootings as well. Now t- talk a little bit about in custody deaths, because that's very important. And, and I know what it is, but for the listener out there who might not know what an in custody death is. Right. So basically let's just say you got a radio call and, um, you arrest someone for domestic violence and you get into a huge use of force. And I'm just giving a scenario. And next thing you know, they're in the car and for whatever reason, while you're driving over to uh, book them or to, you know, give them medical treatment, they just die on you. That's an in-custody death. Anytime the police has you in custody. George Floyd. Exactly. For example, which by the way, I had to tell my daughter, I'm like, I said, I, I told my daughter, I said, look, no, never have I ever been taught that no. particular technique what one the- two you know <laughs> the other I, thing i was just like get him know, in the car i haven't even had a partner i get never him in the car even yeah idiot where the fuck did you learn that shit bro no I don't, I don't know and it's i'm not laughing at the incident right i mean just you laughing you at the tactics yeah involved where it was fucking ridiculous get yes, this guy in the car 
You don't need a photo. Op. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's just, yeah, we can talk. That's a whole different, that's a whole different do. thing. Before I forget also Fitz is that part of my consultant that I also like to do is, is this likely scenario. My client audience that I'm targeting are small agencies. And the reason why I say that is because you and I both know from experience and I'll let your audience know that you get a traffic stop, right? And cop comes over and says, they're going to give you a citation for, mm -hmm. you know, for a moving violation. Okay. Well, you were rude to me and you were very discouraged for me. I want to make a complaint against you. Okay. So they had a face sheet. That's what we call it. Right. So they start an internal affairs investigation. And so the officer is going to call his union, going to get an attorney to represent them in that compelled interview. And the sergeant from that agency is going to be the IO and they're going to do the interview, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to ask all kinds of questions, recorded, you know, um, canvas the area, get some evidence, attach an addenda to it. Great. They're going to paraphrase and then submit the entire investigation to the command staff. Now mm -hmm. it goes to a whole levels of review. Here's the deal. It's going to end up at the chief's desk and he or she is going to have to make a decision, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what I want to do is why don't you give me that particular investigation and I will analyze and examine that with a fine tooth comb and what you're getting from Marachi, Marachi, Marachi. you know, what are you getting from Marachi is you're getting a very, very thorough, specific, reasonable with no bias, no nepotism yeah. and no favoritism. And I'm going to turn it into you and tell you two things. If it's sustained, Hey, based on my training experience, chief, this is the type of uh, penalty you should recommend. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just, but here's my recommendation. You know, here's yeah. my recommendations and independent review. You know, it's like a checks and balances. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'm like the mini IG, I guess you can call me whatever, <laughs> right? Because here's the problem. And I've seen this, you know, throughout my career and you're going to be like, you're going to be shaking your head. Like, yep, I know exactly what happens. The problem is, is that in these small agencies, you have that one police officer yep. that's bitching and does that ancillary SWAT duty. And everybody thinks yeah. that he's just, he's the shit, you know? Oh my God. God. It's fucking solid. You know, what? exactly. What? You know, he's, he's all fucking buff, all looking good, <laughs> hair all slick. <laughs> and he happens to go in this traffic stop and he just, dro he's dropping F-bombs and being totally fucking rude, right? Yeah. And it's all on body warmth video. Yeah. Now you and I both know if we were command staff, if I was a chief, I'd be like, no, hell no. Yeah. I don't want my officers to be treating my community members like this. I'm going to jam this dude up. But here's the problem. It gets turned in. The sergeant, the captain, lieutenant, like, hey, chief, you know what? He's a good dude. You know, it's just like, why don't we just give him a counseling? You know, just do a verbal counseling for sure. the day. That's that type of cop. The other one is even the worst. And I know you've seen this. The one that has that horrible reputation, uh, that's heavy handed, that's always jamming people up, being rude, disrespectful. Always in trouble. All the always in trouble all the time. And that one little traffic stop for an allegation of discourtesy or neglect of duty, guess what the department's thinking? You know what? Got him. This is the one where we're going to fire him and terminate him. And so for me, having seen these two scenarios of these police officers, these accused employees, if you will. I, you know, I want to provide that service where, Hey, I have no dog in the fight. No, I'm, I'm retired. I'm, I'm just independent sergeant with some experience. And you know what? Independent we can assessment. just chop it up. And I'm going to tell you, Hey man, look, you know, this, this investigation is lacking this, yeah. that, 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 okay. This investigation looks, looks good, but Hey, guess what chief? It's really not a big deal. You know, and hopefully 
you know, that turns into something. So that's another um, product, you know, service that I'm trying to uh, market and see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. The one, and the one thing I, I love it all, Marlon, and any way Thank we you. can help, please let me know. Um, I, I love the fact that you have that connection with the Latino community and you can, you know, you're, since you're bilingual, you can reach that Latino community and, and educate more. I'm not saying they're not educated. I'm just saying educated about what, what police officers do. And this is the, you know, this is how we do things. Cause that's huge. It's huge. And I, I just think when you have a community that doesn't, like you said, some of them don't speak English. I mean, what are they, all they see yeah. on TV and it's to have you fucking cops is fucking shooting. Yeah, people exactly. To have people. you Burr. highly educated, highly experienced. You've been through the shit. Okay. Here's what I know in span and you can translate that in spanish and that way you know it's a win-win yes you know i'm really excited yeah. about that brother you're the man i want to have you back on man when you launch your podcast dude you got to come back on dude i'm coming back on anytime <laughs> you want man we can now, pick another topic and we'll we'll, we'll get some more stories going now, bro. now now tell me you're gonna outdo you're gonna outdo my war stories dude <laughs> lapd in the house awesome, now dude. if people can, people want to reach out to you brother what's how can they find you LinkedIn for sure, man. LinkedIn's yeah. really, really good. So Marlon Marachi, right? M-A-R-L-O-N, last name Marachi, M-A-R-R-A-C-H-E. Be on the lookout for details, D uh, with the tag, Tails, T-A-I-L-S, the breakdown. That's coming soon to a theater near you soon. <laughs> um, so that's going to be my YouTube channel. And then, of course, uh, we can go police. I picked a really good, I, I'm kind of proud of myself, bro. I picked a domain, uh, policediscipline.com, man. You got so it. My website is www.policediscipline.together.com. That is uh, under construction, obviously, because I got a lot of things going on. Uh, Instagram, Police Discipline. Check me out there. And then Facebook, again, Marlon Marachi, M A R L O N, Marachi. <laughs> I told you got me, I you told got me Marlon, all I said, up, bro. Yeah, oh man, Marachi, that's such a badass name. I told you you should be like a John Wick character, man. <laughs> John Wick, have you ever met Marlon Marachi? Yeah. <laughs> I coach um, I coach boys uh, soccer varsity. I'm a soccer dude, by the way. I'm yeah, a yeah. soccer dude, bro. I mean, that's that's my passion. Yeah. And uh, I got hired as a uh, varsity soccer for a private a Catholic school here and a local here. And I'm going to go there and have the kids tell me, Marachi, hey, Marachi. Yes. Dude, you rock, man. And if we can do for your brother, please stay in touch. And uh, good luck to you, my friend. Again, stay in touch. Everything we talked about, the listener out there is going to be linked up in the show notes. Thank you, brother. It's, thank you so much for having me, man. Uh, it's a relationship that we will build for quite some time, and I Absolutely. really appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast. For more strategies for self-improvement and resources based on today's episode, be sure to head to cjevolution.com. You can also connect to Patrick directly on social media at Pat underscore Fitzgibbons with any questions, comments, or concerns. We look forward to helping you find more personal success on the next episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast.